Before we begin, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Amazon Music for partnering with me on this episode of Chasing Creativity, but more on this later. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Chasing Creativity. This is Kiran Mandral. Today my guest is a dear friend and a very well-known author Rashmi Bansal. Rashmi has written many books on entrepreneurship and we're speaking to her today because she's switched tracks. She's moved to writing fiction with her latest book Saturday Stories. Welcome to Chasing Creativity, Rashmi. Thank you Kiran. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to meet you after so long, Rashmi. I can't remember the last time we met. I think it's probably when Anak took us all out for dinner many, many yeah. years ago. People in Bombay don't meet Eat. unless they're at the airport or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tragedy of being in Bombay. But I'm so glad this gave us an opportunity to, to connect again. And uh, you've written so many books on entrepreneurship and they've all done so well. And they've sort of set a niche for themselves. Rashmi Bansal writes on entrepreneurship. What made you switch to writing fiction? Uh, to be honest, it was COVID. Okay. <laughs> because in April of 2020, when everything was at a standstill, I just could not imagine writing about entrepreneurship because people were literally struggling to survive, you know. Mm. Uh, so the idea of business was not, uh, you know, very important at that time. It was it was more a question of life and death. But on the other hand, uh, you know, at home, there was nothing for me to do because unlike most of my friends, I had uh, somebody who's been with me for many years. Her name is Lata. She's my house help and she's almost a part of my family. So I was not washing dishes and doing all those things which people I envy were complaining you. about. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I do? I thought I should write something. I wanted to write because that's the thing that really gives me pleasure. And I mean, one day I just, I got an idea. I wrote it. Uh, a short story, meaning a really short story. It's it's not more than 700 words. And my thought was that, you know, I used to enjoy Jeffrey Archer and I used to enjoy all these stories which had a little twist at twist the end. The tale. Yeah. So I wanted to do it that way. Hmm. And the next day I got another idea and the third day. So then I set a challenge for myself that let me write 30 stories in 30 days. Okay. Yeah. So that's how it happened. Because I think being an MBA, the only thing I can work on is a deadline <laughs> or some kind of, you know. Structure. <laughs> yeah, schedule. <laughs> that's interesting. That's very interesting. And I think that's something I need to learn to set a deadline and to have a structure because I just keep writing and writing and writing and then rewriting and rewriting. So it never stops. So this is interesting. Have a strict structure, have a deadline, get your work done. You began writing these short stories and uh, I read a few of them. They're lovely and of course there's the twist in the tale at the end. Did you set out to chronicle the pandemic in a certain way? Was no, that not at all. Because the stories are, I think, some of them, quite yeah, a few of them based in the pandemic. Because inspired by what was happening at the time. Sometimes I would read a newspaper article. Mm. Sometimes I would just... Um, you know, get inspired by what was happening around me. But it was never about chronicling anything. It was just about having fun. And I shared the stories with a few of my own friends on WhatsApp and so on. And then they wanted to, you know, read more. So it was just for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't write it even for publication. It's just that later on, I was approached by HarperCollins uh, to publish the stories and give it a wider audience. Okay. But I didn't write it thinking, oh, I'm going to make a book out of it. 
So what was your process like when you began writing this? Was it like, okay, I'm sitting down at the desk now and uh, I'm giving myself two hours and I have to write a story in that? Was that how it worked? Yeah, but then the important thing was to get the idea for the story the night before or maybe the, the next day or if I had multiple ideas to so just note them down. Uh, and then the actual writing process didn't take very long. Okay. Yeah. And there was no editing and so on involved. It was mostly what you see is what you get. Yeah. I remember, I think you were posting them online. Yeah. And uh, and you were posting your own work and I think later on your students' work also. So, how did that idea yeah. come about? No, so, I started teaching, I think it was on 30th of May 2020. Hmm. I just decided that, okay, uh, maybe if I can write these short stories and I never knew I had this ability, can I teach other people? So, I put a little uh, message out and I got 20 students. Okay. Lovely. <laughs> but now, what do I teach them? I don't really have, uh, I have not attended a course myself. So I thought, what's my objective? Uh, I want them to be able to write a, a short story within three hours. I don't want them to just get fundas from me and then come back next time, next time. You know, they should get that kick that I have written something. Mm -hmm. So I just devised my own methodology of doing that. So in three hours, you do these three exercises. And by the end of it, I mean, the, the first batch was my Bakra batch. You know, I don't know, it could have <laughs> failed miserably. But they all, you know, really enjoyed it and they wrote a, a, a story. And uh, that kind of gave me the confidence that, yeah, let me do more of this. And to be honest, at that time, because books were not selling and, you know, I am publishing my own books. So I have my own little company. It's called Pushfire Publishing. So, um, you know, I had a couple of employees and I had to pay their salary. So I thought we should earn some money also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a lot of demand for this kind of workshop also. Because okay. my workshop was open to anyone from the age of 12 to whatever. There was there was some retired, you know, people also 70 plus who joined. And actually the mix of people in the same workshop works very well. You might think, oh, we should just have school children. But having people with different life experiences, mm -hmm. you know, writing together and narrating and sharing feedback, that's the, form, you know, formula. So they learn as much from each other as from me. Okay. And you and did then, this is over Zoom. Yeah, it was all on Zoom. Of course, you had to keep the camera on. That was the condition. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then some of the really good stories, I thought they deserve an audience. So I started publishing those. You started publishing those. What are your writing influences? Who are the people you read? Who are the authors you love to read? Uh, Jeffrey Archer, you've mentioned already. I used to like him, yes. Like, yeah, there was a time when I was in college when I read all the Jeffrey Archer, Sidney Sheldon's, all those people. So I think I go more for the, you know, authors who have tell great stories in a less complicated way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not so fond of literary writing. Sometimes, yes, there are great literary authors also. But uh, for example, I, I love Alexander McCall Smith. So Alexander McCall Smith, he writes uh, four different uh, books a year. He has different series going on, like Number One Detective, uh, Ladies Detective Let's Agency. See then 44 Scotland Street, then something else, something else. And I mean, it's just amazing. Wow. And he's so down to earth and approachable and you can talk to him. I mean, I, of course, I met him in the author's lounge where the minders were like, no, no, don't disturb him. But I think every author <laughs> likes to get some <laughs> starry-eyed fans. So I was like that <laughs> with him. <laughs> and the same year, even Margaret Atwood was there and she was also lovely. Mm. I mean, she also writes a book a year, uh, even at, I think, 80 plus. My God, those are goals. I'm feeling embarrassed of myself now to hear this. No, no, it's not like that. See, everybody has their own pace and own output. But I'm just saying, yeah. I used to love, uh, 
three investigators and all those story books like i have read the entire library in my school uh, i had borrowed everything and then i was uh, i had to go to the teachers cupboard you know that mm-hmm. was the last bastion left in the library <laughs> so i think i'm much more partial to storytelling than the beauty of the language okay so you'd prefer a story that's told But clearly yeah, and I mean, concisely but recently i read covenant of water by abraham verges which has both it has beauty of language and it has a great story mm-hmm. so of course ideally one would like to have that kind of a book but i think stories what really attracts me so what is your process like rashmi because you've switched from non fiction to fiction of course in non fiction your style of non fiction is very narrative you are telling stories in your non fiction as well but fiction took imagine the characters to bring them to life to put in their backstory and to tell it in such a short condensed wordage that's a challenge by itself it's a skill by itself so how do you make this how did you find making the switch between non fiction to fiction yeah i mean there's a thin line right which divides it to even non fiction is not like it's not the absolute truth finally it's 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 your version of an event or a, you know your impression of a person based on certain facts like what you cannot do in non fiction is change the facts hmm. if something happened you can't write the opposite of that and claim it is non fiction i know in in the hindi movies they do it they take somebody's life story and then twist it and kind of change 80% of it to make it mm. more appealing so mm. technically we don't really produce biopics most of them are fiction just inspired by somebody's mm. life story but i don't do that for my books i do try to stick to the facts best to my, to the best of my knowledge right i would uh, research i would find out from other sources also so fiction gives you a lot of freedom i felt like yeah you can take the story anywhere and i found that for me because i had this twist in the tail uh, idea there were three options one is that i know the end so i'm writing towards an end okay so i'm kind of deceiving you so that in the end you get a twist mm. i know where the story is going the second thing is that it could go either way you know i could like i write, i wrote one story in this um, collection which is about two people who were standing in the balconies opposite each other in italy mm. Uh, mm. you know and they were like in those days people were standing playing violin well, and all that it. so there was a news report that two people like who met like this or saw each other like this they fell in love with each other okay but then like what is a story right you have to create a story out of it mm-hmm. so now i could have to i mean i initially when i wrote the story i took a character who's a kind of a lovable loser he always chases some girl he doesn't get her and here again the same thing happens although their eyes meet and sparks fly but in the end he doesn't get the girl and then one of my friends who read it said that oh like this is so depressing already everything is so gloomy can't you at least make a story uh, you know have a happy ending so i changed that ending how i met your mother yeah how i met your mother and and some stories i found that the character itself decided where it wanted to go you know hmm. Hmm. so i I'm, i'm sure because you're an author you know that like it doesn't always happen but sometimes a character becomes so alive in your mind that she dictates to you that okay like this is what you wanted to do but no i want to do something else Absolutely. so that happened in a few cases and that was fun too so mm-hmm. yeah Did you set aside a specific time of day when you would write your stories? Yeah, usually in the morning because I used to be a late owl, you know, late night owl, but I don't know, in the last 10 years I'm not able to stay up that late and be productive. So I prefer to write in the mornings. So first thing in the morning is when you get all your writing done. Not necessarily first thing, but maybe like after breakfast or something okay. like that. Okay. Okay. Now that you've experimented, you know they say the short story is a very difficult form. 
to master. Because in a novel, you have the luxury of building up, you know, your entire backstory, entire character, entire context, entire Janam Kundli, so to say. Okay. But in a short story, in a few strokes, you have to tell the person the context of, you know, where they are placed, who they are, what their thing is, what the situation is. And you also really short 700,000 words at the max, I think. Within all that, to compress and give you a twist in the tale. So, did you have to work and rework them to get them concise and yet pack in all the information did that happen no you know mostly i don't know i, I don't want to say it that uh, redrafting is wrong but for me i found that almost everything i write is best the first time i'll do some minor editing mm -hmm. but i usually don't rewrite it okay so even for my books sometimes i'll add a few things here and there but the basic thing once it flows once it's in a certain you know state of flow what is produced then it okay. does not happen the second time if I redo it. Okay. That's, That's my method. I'm not advocating everyone should do this. I don't tell my students they should do this. Each one has to discover their own What works method. for them. Yeah. yeah. That's lovely. How many total stories did you write? So there are 30 stories in this book and there are six which are from my students. This is the book, guys. Saturday Stories. 30 stories. And, and there are six which are written by my students. Six from your students. How did you choose the six? Um, so, after we complete uh, the initial workshop, we have something called writer's gym. So, I told them that you have to practice. Don't ask me for advanced course and all because the point is you have to write. So, we would, uh, you know, I would give a prompt every month and then they would write a story and then everyone would give each other feedback. Okay. So, these stories published here are from the writer's gym. Okay. Because they worked on their craft more, they polished up, you know, they wrote like maybe... Mm. A couple of dozen stories now in two years. Okay. And I mean, they could publish their own collections also, I think, now. <laughs> so, yeah. you're going to, this workshop continued from uh, the pandemic time. It's no, just... so the workshop is a three-hour workshop. But after that, you join the writer's gym if you want to. Like a small number of people joined it. Okay. Because they commit to writing one story every month. Mm -hmm. They get a prompt from me on like in the first week or sec first or second of the month. And then on say 25th, they have to submit it. Okay. And then, you know, we share all the stories mm -hmm. with the group and they give each other feedback too. Okay. I think that's important because then they realize what went wrong with their own story too. See, feedback is a very delicate animal. I mean, it's a, a, it can help you improve your work, but B, it can also discourage somebody and make somebody think that they can't ever write. So, how do you navigate that fine balance? Because everyone here is uh, is very positive, right? It's constructive feedback. We're mm -hmm. not saying, oh, you're hopeless and you're, you, you know, we're just saying that maybe the dialogue didn't sound natural here, you know. So, there is, I've all, it's, there's a form actually, you have to do some, you know, you have to rate from one to five and give some comments. And I don't think uh, if you don't get feedback, you can improve ever. Okay. Because people, uh, maybe I have seen a lot of improvement and they themselves say that, yes, we can see the difference between what we wrote on day one and what we're writing now. Mm -hmm. Isn't it a matter of practice, finally, also? You can't just attend one three-hour workshop and, you know, so, sort of say, I've learned everything and ho gaya mera. True, very so, true. We'll just take a short break and we'll be right back with Rashmi Pansal on Chasing Creativity. Now that you've dabbled in short fiction, are you tempted to write longer fiction? Yeah, but I feel it's tougher to write longer. You're telling me it's tougher to write shorter. shorter. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends, yeah. But I'm going. To, it's not that I moved to fiction and I'm not going to do to the other books. I am working now on two non-fiction books. One is I'm going to write a part two of some of my earlier books with the same theme, but a new set of stories like Arise Awake Part 2, Connect the Dots Part 2. 
okay so that will happen like one a year will come out lovely so a lot of your writing is research when you're doing your non fiction and a lot of it uh, must be on ground research as well as secondary sources so do you gather all your research in place before you start writing how does it, uh, how is the writing process in non fiction for you yeah i think the most important thing is the choice of who i will interview who i will feature i think a lot of effort and thought goes into that it's not always about who has the best story because i like i always describe the book as like a biryani so it has to have not just the very uh, successful stories which is like the rice mm. you need some Meat. spices and tadka and uh, different things in it right to mm. give it a flavor so sometimes it's just that, that person is interesting or the field they're in is interesting or the place they're from is interesting i like to have a diversity from all parts of india like uh, in a couple of books i really went out of the way to find someone from kashmir mm-hmm. because i felt that uh, you know kashmir and northeast generally if you look for entrepreneurs are very easy to find in gujarat tamil nadu you know karnataka maharashtra but you don't want to just feature those states mm. so uh, there could be different criteria for my selection of people okay i want people from different socio economic backgrounds different um life experiences you know everyone should not sound like the same or feel the same you should feel i read this 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 same 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 no mm-hmm. so that's yeah. the secret actually getting different stories also it's a huge responsibility to be telling somebody else's story and very often like you're balancing that fine act between you know being an objective transcriber of their stories and also your subjectivity as an interviewer as a you know somebody who's putting the story down have you ever felt that dichotomy when you're putting the stories down yeah but if it's like too vast then the story has to be dropped okay because then what do i do with it you know mm. if afterwards i feel that no whatever this person has said is is not ringing true and it's not backed up by what others are saying then i'll have to drop it but usually it doesn't come to that because i would research them quite well mm. and over time i've learned to <laughs> sort of stay away from the controversial ones, who, ones. no I'll, i mean i can't guarantee look i can't say that everyone i feature will be a, you know permanent success in life because the whole point is life is like this you yes, know it goes absolutely. up and down and that's how business also goes up and down sometimes it is the environment sometimes it's the leadership uh, uh, you know maybe could not cope up with changing times sometimes it's unethical behavior so it could be any of these things but certain red flags are there now somebody is growing too big too fast i don't try to feature them mm. even though others might say oh what a company like i don't haven't so far featured any unicorn uh-huh. because i just don't know like i don't think many of them will survive after 10 years mm-hmm. and also the way that they've grown is not inspiring to others everyone is not going to get funding 500 million dollars to throw around like mm. that so the point of these books is to inspire other people that usne kiya aap bhi kar sakte ho so a much smaller story done in a you know more dedicated way the old fashioned way of course you have to use new technology and everything but i think that has more potential to inspire you know people across the country so so it's more the slow and steady growth stories that in interest you and you look to feature them rather than the flash and dash of the unicorns or whatever 
Yeah, but we have to see, no, how long they last. We already were seeing some of the companies crumbling, and uh, some of the ones which I thought would crumble are cr- crumbling. So I should write it down somewhere. <laughs> Check after five years. <laughs> how does Rashmi Bansal unwind? How do you recharge your batteries? Um, <laughs> I just like to discover new places, new things. Like just before I came here today, I went to some restaurant which I've never been to, for example. Or I love to travel. but i uh, travel like uh, not like a backpacker anymore but um i went to italy couple of a uh, few months back uh, and i could have stayed in hotels but actually i stayed in these <laughs> church guest houses okay how lovely so i found uh, this these listings uh, which said it's very good and i thought let me try it out so it was a totally different experience so i think i keep looking for some new experiences and travel definitely gives that to me mm. um otherwise i guess the usual stuff i mean uh, i love reading i've rediscovered reading i know it sounds a little silly but uh, there was a time when i also found i'm not reading much mm-hmm. so then i started carrying a book with me on kindle or uh, you know with me physically especially when i'm traveling because i go to ashoka university twice a month i teach there so mm-hmm. the travel is very long yeah, it's a long drive <laughs> so yeah so reading traveling music yeah i guess meeting friends yeah all, um, all that kind of thing yeah because you travel i used to collect stamps and things i don't think people have such hobbies anymore who sends postcards or letters yeah, yeah. anymore but i still sometimes when i go abroad i do try to find a postcard and put a stamp and send it like when you go to vatican you can do that okay uh, i i still do that i don't know why but just reminds me of the old times when we were so crazy about stamps you know we would go to school and exchange stamps yeah. and some of the stamps i don't think even were real like there was some one called rasal khaima which had very nice beautiful stamps i think it's part of uae now i don't know if it was ever a country but they had these stamps floating around in the market which were quite i remember magyar magyar is hungary yeah but uh, then i did not know magyar is hungary and i was like which is this place and i went through the whole atlas and i couldn't find it this is a fake stamp yeah, it yeah, can't be a real country poster, yeah. <laughs> and then finally i don't know and when Greece i realized this was hella you know h e l l a e mm l i maybe my stamps are worth a lot now i'll have to you check. should get them evaluated <laughs> yeah actually my father used to collect them because he was a scientist so he used to get these envelopes you know manila envelopes with lots of stamps uh-huh. so he started collecting them in the 60s then he passed them on to me and then but nobody has opened those stamp books for the last 30 years you're sitting years. on a fortune rashmi <laughs> check it out <laughs> 60s ke stamps you spoke about reading you spoke about traveling and uh, which brings me to the fact that you know as writers ourselves because maybe city life maybe netflix maybe ott platforms maybe social media but our reading has all gone for a toss and you just said you rediscovered reading so did you set out consciously to start reading again yeah and then i joined a book club okay. actually we have this group called i am women's group which has many subgroups so there was a book club i said let me join uh-huh. at least that way you know i'm part of a community and everyone's like i've read this much i've read that much so i've read the covenant of water i read because of that because group. of that. i would not have maybe discovered it on my own Mm-hmm. maybe i would have but i just find it's nice to be part of a functioning book club certain yeah. book clubs they don't function they just they can they're never there. find a time to have a meeting here it's like they do the meetings on zoom also and even if four people turn up they'll still do the meeting that's lovely you know strangely enough i'm part of the iamk drama group don't ask me how i'm <laughs> part of it 
I like K-dramas, but not enough to join that group because... <laughs> so, I don't know how I'm part of it. I have seen only three or four, so I don't qualify probably. <laughs> no, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole, trust me. But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying that you need to be part of something that prods you back towards reading and I'm glad that it is there. Finally, Rashmi, for people who want to take up writing as a profession, you are conducting workshops, you are you know, talking to people across age groups, as you said, from 12 to whatever, who want to write. What advice would you give people who want to start writing? Yeah, they should just start writing instead of thinking about it. Because like cycling, swimming, running, anything, you have to build up your writing muscle. Mm -hmm. So I just tell them, if nothing, just sit for 10-15 minutes a day and write something. Okay, that's where you start. Now, whether you can make a profession out of it or not, I don't know. See, in the past, you could become a journalist. Now, I don't know if you can even become a journalist. <laughs> so, maybe I don't even like this idea of writing content because it's just cut paste from here and there. So, I'm not sure, but there are ways you can uh, maybe remain close to writing. But maybe you have to f have another career and write as a hobby for a while until you maybe, you know, crack that mm. uh, point where you can just be a writer. So, just write and be authentic and true to yourself. Don't try to copy anybody else's style. Yeah, that, that yeah. also brings me to a point where I wanted to ask you, how do you find your writing voice, Rashmi? Let me take that again. How do you find your writing voice when you have been writing non-fiction for so long and then come into fiction? To find your writing voice is something really difficult. So, how did you manage that? I, I think it's broadly the same. I've had the same voice since I was 17 years old when I started writing for newspapers. Okay. Which is like a very direct style with a bit of Hindi and English. It's a very uh, relatable conversational Accessible style of writing. Kind. Yeah. And that's what I'm good at. Now, I, might I may admire other writers and love the way they write. But if I were to try to be them, it would not work out. I cannot be Amitabh Ghosh. I cannot be Abraham Varghese. I cannot be anybody except who I am. And I'm okay with it. Initially, when I used to work at the Independent, our editor, Dina Vakil, was very against what I wrote. You know, I used to be in charge of this youth page and she used to like literally look at that and she would like, you know. <laughs> I can imagine Dina. <laughs> unhappy with what she was seeing because it was English, you know, some of the words, the headline and so on. But because the uh, owner of the company, Vineet Jain, liked it. So she was like, okay, fine, let it go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I didn't like... I never felt inferior or, you know, I felt I should write like her or be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, write Shakespeare in English or whatever. So, you have to own who you are. I also write in Hindi now, by the way. I write a column for Dainik Bhaskar newspaper twice a month. Lovely. Yeah. And what is the column about? It's called Naya Vichar, Nai okay. Soch, something like that. Okay. So, and I actually find Hindi audiences very, very uh, responsive. Like the last column I wrote, I got more than 100 emails. I don't know how to reply to them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I have to employ one person to like start replying to them, which I don't like either. But, you know, they're really, I think, open and hungry to sort of improve themselves. And, you know, all the stuff that maybe is very easily accessible to us, it's not available to them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I really enjoy writing that column because of the impact I think it's making. on, And it's also transferred into Marathi and Gujarati, not by me, but by them. Mm -hmm. So, I think that readership is much more dedicated and vast than English readership, which is so fickle. And things with the, we already know everything and we can read anything. And mm -hmm. yeah. Lovely, lovely. Looking forward to your two new books on entrepreneurship again. And hopefully some long fiction from you coming up soon. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for taking you. time Thank out, you, Rashmi. Kiran. Yeah, it was a great pleasure.
with that it's a wrap on this episode of chasing creativity this is kiran mandral to catch us on spotify benchpots wherever you get your audio podcast see you next week thank you for tuning into this episode of chasing creativity I wanted to say thank you to Amazon Music once again for partnering with me on this episode of this podcast.